This is BTS with CTV Behind the Scenes, behind the stories we bring you from the CTV Vancouver newsroom. My name is Penny Daflos, and I'll be your guide behind the curtain to some of the issues female journalists face. I'm so happy to bring in Mi Jung Lee because aside from having worked together for a long time, you have been a mentor to me and I'm just so grateful and I feel so lucky that I've had someone that I can go to um, as a woman to be able to ask big questions, small questions. And I just, I love that you've been around. And so I'm just so happy to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. And it's been my pleasure and it's been great watching you grow, Penny, as a journalist. And, and I'm happy to give back or impart whatever knowledge I can, um, because I do think that's really important. And that's something I wish I had had more as a young woman starting out in my career. Um, you know, it was it was more male-dominated, and I didn't have a lot of women who uh, were senior reporters that kind of took me under their wing. And and I wish I had had that, uh, you know, and the, the few little bits of advice I really did did appreciate, but I wish I had had more of uh, of a mentor when I was younger because I could have used it. <laughs> well, especially some of the experiences you've had in the field as a woman. I mean, what are some of the ones that really stand out for you as a, a young woman being in the field in what, when you got in the industry, would have been pretty male-dominated for reporters at the time? And the people that we interviewed were, a lot of them were men too, you know, middle-aged men. And I remember this one incident where I had to go interview an RCMP officer about a story and he seemed really hesitant you know middle-aged maybe senior rcmp officer he seemed really hesitant to give me the interview and he goes you know i know so and so and so and so and mentioned male reporters i you know i know i can talk to them but i don't know you me jung i don't know if i can do this interview with you and I was just taken aback. I was just trying to do my job. I think eventually uh, my cameraman might have convinced him that, you know, yes, you can talk to me, Jung. So that surprised me that I don't know if it was because I was a new reporter in the city or if I was a woman, maybe it was a combination of both. But that took me aback that he didn't even really know me, but he was questioning and suspicious whether I could do the job. Have you ever used that to your advantage, though, to just, you know, take to harness that impression that maybe a woman is going to go easier on an interview or is going to be because I can tell you, I have just walked up and been like, hey, how's it going? And I'm not, I, you know, just being really forthright and just, you know, genuinely curious and letting that kind of shine out just to almost disarm people um, and then just ask follow up questions that maybe they're not expecting um, because I do. I have looked younger than I am for a long time, and I think that, again, makes people underestimate me. Have you done the same thing over the course of your career? I think, uh, you know, as a reporter, you always try to um, engage with people so that they want to talk to you. And maybe I, I did it uh, not even realizing. But, yeah, I guess for years I I looked young, too. And uh, um, it's a way to just maybe make people feel that, oh, I can talk to this person. They're not threatening. Because for some people, talking to a reporter is very intimidating. Um, but yeah, I always then try to ask the tougher questions too. And um, maybe they don't expect that from women, that they don't expect women to have the do the hard-hitting interviews. Um, and I've even had flack from some politicians criticizing me, you know, saying, oh, look at you. you. You come in and you seem all nice and everything, and then you come in and ask these aggressive questions. <laughs> and I was surprised that I would sometimes get that pushback. I just thought I was doing my job, you know, as a journalist. I just figure I'm supposed to ask the hard questions. 
we're not here to be nice. I don't care if we're women and that's what's expected of us. There's, and there's a difference between being polite and being nice and just asking softball questions. And I think that you shouldn't assume just because you're talking to a woman that they're just going to throw you some, some easy questions. That's not why we're here. Exactly. And I don't think that you should be offended that a woman asks you tough questions. Um, you should be expecting that from male and female journalists. Do you think part of that is also just like the TV aspect of it? I mean, I think the fact that we, it's part of the job, we have to wear a lot of makeup, we have to look camera ready, which when you're seeing somebody in person um, can seem overwhelming. Um, It it looks like you're way overdone on TV. It looks a lot more natural. But do you think that um, that maybe as a TV reporter has made people um, underestimate you or think that you are just, you know, a good looking person that's on TV and not, there's not a brain behind those looks. That's true. And then we all know women are judged by their appearance much more than men. So I think that, yeah, maybe um, our stereotypes about women have created this perception that women are supposed to be just the attractive talking heads. Hopefully that's changed now because our, our industry has got tons of women. We may even have a majority of women on air on many days. Uh, so I think that, um, yeah, perhaps those cultural stereotypes of women um, put, you know, make you a little surprised when a woman comes out being tough and smart. But it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. And it amazes me that that's still the case, but I mean, I, I still experience that sometimes and I just, you know, try to brush it off. Some, di- some days it's tiring and, and sometimes the sexism too. I mean, I remember when I was a rookie reporter, uh, for people who've never seen a crew in the field, the reporter always call, carries the tripod and some of the shooters like to joke that, oh, I put the porter in reporter and make them carry the tripod. And I remember one time I was at an event, I think it was a school board or there was something happening at a school and I went to carry the tripod as I always do for my camera operator who were predominantly men and there was a still photographer from a newspaper there and he was just oh isn't that cute look at you carrying the tripod kind of thing and I'm like I'm just a reporter like anybody else why would you and and I have had some of it I think it's just casual sexism same thing I I, I flew in an F-18 Super Hornet a few years ago and was tweeting about it and uh, one of the tweets was wow you lived every little boy's dream and I, it wasn't meant in a malicious way, but I just replied, and a lot of little girls too, because I think people, again, there's these preconceived um, gender uh, roles and, and expectations, and in a lot of ways we go against that. So sometimes it's, um, I, I'd call it thoughtless sexism, but that still um, definitely happens even today. Mm-hmm. And in the past, I know of instances where men have been fired in this industry for sexually harassing women. I don't know of any recent incidents, but I know that going back maybe more like 20 years ago, there were a few people uh, that were let go for that reason. And I I hope that that doesn't happen anymore, uh, that women are respected um, by their colleagues. And I I feel in our environment, there is a lot of respect. One area I would like to see uh, growth is that I would love to see more women in leadership roles 
in our industry. Yes, we have a lot of female reporters and anchors. You don't see as many in management and in the executive level. We should note that the president of CTV News, uh, Wendy Freeman, is a woman, which is really great. Uh, But I think that you're more meaning kind of like in our day-to-day interactions and and just kind of, and newsrooms in general, not just ours. I think ours um, has had representation over the years, uh, probably not 50-50, but the industry as a whole, I think, still has a long way to go. Definitely. And uh, that's where I'd like to see growth. And I would like to encourage women who have been in the business for a while, like me, to uh, mentor younger women and to really uh, give them advice and to support them and encourage them because it just uh, creates better morale for everyone and it makes the whole um, product better on air for all of us. And I think it's so important that we support each other, not just um, through what may be like some casual sexism in the field or whatever, uh, but also um, tackling women's topics that can sometimes be a little bit sensitive that men may be squeamish about. And then as women, I mean, do we go out there? I remember Brianna Carson Smith had a story a few weeks ago, and I'm so glad she did it. It was about pap smears. It can be uncomfortable. Some people are going to say, oh, that shouldn't be on the six o'clock news when people are having dinner. Anyhow, you know what? There's... Half of our audience is women. We deserve to be able to cover these topics, but sometimes it can be uncomfortable. So having somebody who's reported on that or just has that broader perspective on how we tackle these women's issues, um, I think is super helpful as well. Yeah, definitely. And I've done a lot of stories about breast cancer and screening for breast cancer and um, and talking about you know, understanding dense breast tissue and, and, and I've had such great response. And I think we, we as women need to push the agenda on stories that really impact women's health. Um, we might feel a little bit weird about doing them, but, um, really I do feel that they've gotten such great response from the public that uh, those are important issues that we should not forget as well. That's also what I love about having um, a woman as our legislative bureau chief. Binder Sudgeon is amazing, and it is a traditionally male press gallery. I mean, I was there a couple months ago covering the um, spending scandal out of uh, that the speaker's office uh, shone a light on, and you look at the early photos. There's not a single woman in the legislature. Uh, I can't remember the the name of the woman who was the very first one, but you see her just standing all by herself with the men, and now it's about. I, I, maybe 60-40, I would guess, but I love that we have Binder there to think about those issues in a way, the things that come up in a way that maybe traditionally has not been covered uh, out of the legislature. Definitely, and that is the whole point of diversity, that you're telling stories from a diverse field. Um, and that's the beauty of having people like Binder there and um, and having strong women voices that we share the stories that affect women and that women care about as well. When it comes to our photography department, I think that's also a, a traditionally male-dominated field. Um, Shelley Moore uh, is one of the most gifted photographers I've ever worked with. Um, she's one of the few um, camera women in the country. Uh, but now our industry is changing, and uh, we are going to a multimedia journalist model. And so the last few weeks, for example, I've been training with an ENG camera, uh, a small one. Um, I don't know if we'd still call it an ENG camera, but it's it's a, a news-gathering camera. Um And I have to say, as a woman, I do feel a little bit intimidated doing the editorial and the physical at the same time because we are smaller and our camera operators... just physically, it's, it's going to be now not just an um, editorial job, but a really physical job. And 
I'm intimidated by that. I think the other women in the room are intimidated by that. So that's something that we're just starting to get our feet wet with right now. That's um, just a, another change in the industry we have to um, accept. And I think that I wish that the cameras had become lighter a long time ago because I think women, um, maybe they wanted to be uh, photographers, but it's a bit intimidating to think you're going to have to carry this really heavy camera. So I wish that the industry had adapted more in terms of the equipment. You know, it is harder for women who are smaller to carry the heavier things. Let's face it, we're built differently. So I wish that that had, you know, um, I wish that the needs of female photographers had been adapted earlier. Because Shelley Moore, she did have the lighter camera and she had to push for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I think hopefully that uh, with the camera and the technology becoming smaller and more compact, that it will help more women to get into those fields as well. And hopefully tell the kind of stories where um, maybe people are also less intimidated by us. Um, I've uh, done stories uh, with, I believe it's Vancouver Rape Relief, um, that they specifically ask, um, don't send a a camera alone. If it's going to be a man, we'd at least like a female reporter there. And I see actually a really great opportunity for us now that we have access to this gear by ourselves um, to make people feel more comfortable. Sometimes people do feel more comfortable talking to a woman. Sometimes it's not just other women. It's also men who feel threatened or, or belittled or, or there, there is, there can be a benefit in coming across as somebody who will listen more. Um, and I think that is something that will be to our advantage. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that, you know, as a reporter, it's so hard to get people to talk sometimes. So you just have to use whatever you can, um, your charm, your, your listening skills. Um, and if it is your, Gender. Sometimes, you know, we we have to adapt to what that person, the interviewee, is most comfortable with. We have to make that person feel comfortable to tell their story. I'd like to bring in managing editor Ethan Faber because I consider you an ally. You've um, really thought about a lot of these issues in newsrooms as well. And as our managing editor, all of our stories, all all of our editorial go through you. And a lot of our complaints to the newsroom go through you. And um, I mean, how many times have you had viewers complain about uh, a reporter's hair or her clothing? I I mean, stuff that absolutely drives me bananas. You're the guy that has to deal with that. Yeah, I would say that in, in all my years, I can't think off the top of my head of a single complaint that I've ever received about what a man was wearing on the air. Um, But I can't count how many times people write letters about a woman's hair, about a woman's attire, about her makeup. And I I often get a sense that there's a much nastier standard uh, by which women are held on the air when they make a minor error, like a grammatical error, a syntax error, a factual error. Um, When I get the complaint and it involves a woman uh, broadcaster or a woman journalist, I get a sense that there's a nastier streak. And I just think it's a, a serious problem, and it still is, not just in the industry, but the way it's perceived by the audience. I think women have a, a, a much tougher time of it, and I think they're, they're more quickly judged, and I think they're judged more harshly. I sometimes joke about being a TV reporter that you know how they say that women have to do everything a man has to do but backwards in high heels. I feel that a lot of times just being on the air, you have, your editorial has to be bang on as you'd expect for any reporter, but then you have to look presentable. And then that line of what is... An, uh, 
professional versus too much. It's really hard. Um, and that's on top of, you know, you and I work closely together on details and wording and stuff. It's just that one extra layer that women have to deal with um, in doing a, a TV news reporting job. Yeah. And I've seen reporters like you and, and Mi Jung and many others um, use the fact that they're underestimated to their own advantage. Um, you can get people to let their guard down and then suddenly they're surprised that you're actually well-versed in the subject that you're interviewing them about. And, and I, I, I've smiled at, at, at kind of turning that uh, discrimination uh, into a power. Uh, but the fact that it's out there is so offensive. And, and I think it happens um, when women in our industry come in from, from different backgrounds as well. I think there's a much tougher standard on a woman who, let's say, becomes a news anchor who wasn't a reporter beforehand. Um, and the way they are judged compared to men, I, I found especially offensive over the years because there are countless male news anchors and news hosts in our industry, in this town and in markets all across North America. And those men came from sports and they are now anchoring the news. They're on the air in Seattle. They're on the air in, in our market. And I never saw anyone question their right to host uh, a newscast or a radio program or a television broadcast. But when a woman comes in from, uh, let's say, weather, and they start to host a newscast, oh my goodness, what gives them the right to be an authority in our community? They didn't pay their dues. And the vindictive uh, that you you feel uh, when you read the complaints, the nastiness, I think it has a very strong um, sexual discrimination undercurrent. And and I we have seen that in this market, and I've dealt with it head on. Um, so yeah, if a woman attempts to rise in our industry, as is the case with many other industries, uh, the glass ceiling is imposed not just from within. There's plenty of that going on in our industry too. From internally, I'm sure of it. I wouldn't be so naive as to think that's not the case. But I think the glass ceiling is also imposed on women by the audience who are skeptical. You know, how many women are are uh, doing hard news politics? They've broken into that, but for many, many years, it was always the men on Parliament Hill, and we've slowly seen that change. But I still think, again, that there's a skepticism uh, in in the audience out there uh, when a woman attempts to rise in a position of authority uh, and and in a position of credibility within journalism, and they, again, have a a much uh, steeper hill to climb. At least that's been my perspective over the years. And sometimes I think that it's easy to pigeonhole women. I mean, Shannon and I have often talked about how, and with uh, Maria as well, just the fact that they are moms and their experience as a parent, how it informs their reporting, and I think gives their reporting a poignancy that I don't think, I've never had children. I'm a proud aunt, but I don't have children, so I don't have that perspective. Uh, but I think that fathers bring that as well. But I, I, I love that our newsroom is diverse and that we can have those different perspectives because it does, when you think of things, even, you know, the fact that women are shorter, you know, how do we um, navigate all sorts of things out there, whether it's uh, safety apparatus or, or cars or all sorts of things? I think it's important to have that perspective because half the population is is going to be like we are. Yeah. And it can't just be window dressing. Uh, it can't just be the people who are on the air. And I've talked to you in the past about ethical decisions and making tough calls in journalism and how I've always thought that the best decisions are made when it's a collaborative uh, process and when you get a lot of input. Well, that means the, the, the leaders uh, within the newsroom 
program also need to reflect all different backgrounds and gender is included. So, you know, our senior producer at six is a woman uh, and our some of our key producers and our key news chasers on our assignment desks uh, and in our online department are women. Um, that's essential. So you have to have not just on the air to a reflection of, of what the reality is in the community, but you also need to have that kind of diversity inside a newsroom um, in order to make the best decisions, in order to tell the, the best stories, the most relevant stories, and in order to, to tell stories um, in a better way. And so I do find that you have to be careful. Yeah, don't pigeonhole someone um, into, and you saw this for many years in journalism, that women would often do the softer stories, the human interest stories, the kid who's got a terminal illness. That was the woman who did that. And then when there was the tough, uh, terrible crime story, that was the man. I think that has changed. And, and I don't think you see stories assigned as often based on on gender biases um like i said at the beginning i think the gender biases sometimes are worse coming from the audience than they are inside the industry itself and so that's the the challenge for me and so the way to deal with that is just to try to normalize it as much as possible so it's not like here comes our female reporter uh you let the here it's just a reporter and the more you normalize uh people covering stories, the, the more I think you do help to change attitudes in society. And the same thing goes um, for race as well and, and all kinds of diversity. The more you um, don't pigeonhole people based on um, who they are and instead you just assign people based on their strengths, then I think the better the industry will become and hopefully uh, you can help to change some of those attitudes out there in society. Just to wrap it up, Mijung, I, I know that things have gotten better over the years and um, we don't see a lot of the issues that we used to, to have as, as women reporting, but there are other parts of the world where there is still a struggle and they are still um, really far behind in terms of equality and letting women's voices be heard and, and letting women cover these issues. Um, what do you hope that uh, they can learn from us being so much further ahead and, and having had this experience for the last couple of decades? Yeah, I was just seeing some of the uh, marches for International Women's Day, and so often we take things for granted, and we have come a long way. But I hope that as we continue to tell our stories and be strong voices, that we can be an inspiration for women around the world. Because, yeah, we shouldn't take it for granted that we have so much freedom. Um, So I, I hope that that is an inspiring message for other women who are still fighting a long, hard battle. And I think technology will go a long way towards helping that. The fact that it's not just smaller cameras, um, but all sorts of uh, equipment is easier to use. I mean, I'm recording this podcast on an iPhone. Any woman in any part of the world with something to say should be able to have access to that kind of technology in a way that you'd need a recording studio, even not that long ago. So I really feel that um, technology is also democratizing. And if they can see how easy it is for us uh, to address uh, women's issues, but even just you know covering our community through through a woman's lens, um, I really hope that that will be something that they will be able to um, be inspired by and, and to take um, some example from that as well, just because it's getting easier and cheaper to do this. So hopefully that helps them kind of leapfrog some of the growing pains, maybe not the cultural ones, but if the technology is not a, a, a barrier or a burden, hopefully that helps them as well. Definitely. I mean, we have seen the power of social media and, uh, you know, a Saudi Arabian woman, you know, holed up in a hotel using social media to uh, 
you know, declare that she needed a safe place to live, and now she's living in Canada. I mean, there are some powerful examples of how technology is helping women, and uh, I hope we can be a part of that too in sharing our stories around the world. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. I'd also like to thank you for joining us on BTS with CTV. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover on a future podcast? Email me, bts at ctv.ca. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe for more insights, tidbits, and the stories behind the stories. I'm Penny Daphlos. Daphlos.